Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast. Today I am joined for the first episode in series three of Mastermind by one of the leading coaches in the UK, Mr. Tom Hames. How are you? Uh, yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, all good. Thank you very, very much for joining me. So um, obviously, as we kind of just talked about, the concept of Mastermind is based on the TV program Mastermind, the professionals. And it's kind of learning about you as a coach, um, your history, what you're looking to do, what you have done, um, and kind of just your experiences and your advice going through. But following this idea of Mastermind, Let's start as they do every episode because I'm sure you're an avid fan. <laughs> I don't watch oh, it either, don't worry. Oh, no. For those that are listening, Tom just made like a oh god eyebrow raised, like oh god, yes. <laughs> I definitely haven't seen it, but uh, yeah, we start with a little bit of a bio about you. So, your age, where you're from, and your duration as a coach. I'm 27. Um, my, uh, what was it, where I'm from, sorry? Yes, where you're based. Uh, so I used to live in Stoke-on-Trent, um, and then I moved to Worcester um, when I went to university, and then I've moved to a town just over from Worcester um, called Malvern, um, which is still in the Worcestershire area. And how long have you been coaching? Um, I believe it's actually, so seriously coaching, I think it's coming up to, to three years three and a half maybe but but I've been doing bits and bobs for about four so 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 we'll call it four yeah four and in that time mm. as per your Instagram bio hmm. 71st placings 118 top three placings 12 overalls four British champs and one IFBB pro yeah yeah that, not too bad pretty mad yeah it's not bad yeah. <laughs> it's all right it's all right not good not good enough though not good enough yet not good enough. I won't. I won't be satisfied. I won't be satisfied until all of those are in. Like, so the British. I want. I want. By the time I'm done, and I'm probably going to be done by the time I'm. No, I'll still always coach, but I'll probably really pull back on my numbers and stuff. By the time I'm like 45, 50, I think that'll be then when I when I'm like, all right, that's like that's enough. So I've still got fucking like the rest of my life that I've just previously lived, but coaching all. You know what I mean? Like all of all of what I've done before, but coaching. Um, so all of that um yeah I mean I want like yeah I want at least like 30 IFBB pros by the time I'm done like like at least 30 and then and a few Olympia wins as well like I want I like one like at least one or two Olympia wins pro show wins yeah they don't, to me that's not really anything I've really looked at it's just another win as far as I'm concerned but like I want like yeah a good few Olympia wins definitely where did the 45 to 50 come from well, when why I'm that, done with coaching. Yeah, why that cut off? Because um, uh, then, uh, then I want to retire. I want to be able to retire. I want to be able to put enough aside, uh, 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 you know, like just, just with earnings and whatever, and just get into property and then live off off properties or just be able to save up enough by renting out properties and making an income from that and then sell them. Like, you know, that would probably be something I'd want to do later down the line, just because I, lo- I love bodybuilding. But if you do coaching for 20-something years, I can't I can't imagine you're going to have much love left for the sport because you're gonna it's just gonna because at the moment I live and breathe 
bodybuilding consist like all day like most my own bodybuilding my clients my best mates i go to a gym people are talking to me about it there i come on podcasts and i do it i talk to no i go through instagram <laughs> and all like you know it's, it's every and it's my entire like scope at the moment my whole everything i, I do literally live is, and breathe uh, there, will, there will not be a day that goes by for the next 20 something years where i do not end up talking about it if it, everything continues in the same way and that's that's cool that's fine but then i think by then i'm like right cool I think now it's time to take a bit of backseat when I'm when I'm you know 20 odd years and then I'll be like right that'll that'll be enough I think unless I've got like 10 Olympia competitors then I'm like fuck I'll just carry on <laughs> yeah yeah do you think that's um kind of like how people say about competing it's like stop before you hate it um yeah I I think the, the one of the main things that people seem to um seem to misunderstand is that bodybuilding is not going anywhere and even though the pandemic very much tried to get rid of it it was still very much kept alive with mm. home workouts and you know backdoor entries to gym and you know and, and like underground gyms and um sheds with lots of barbells and weights and stuff in them and cable setups attached to door frames and all sorts of stuff and it, you know even though that pandemic very much tried to kill it coming back to bodybuilding with shows and stuff I'm not, I'm not looking at a bunch of skinny people on stage. I'm still looking at some jacked fucking blokes and women. And, you know, like we're seeing a lot of that still. Mm. So it's not going anywhere. Bodybuilding, certainly down the route of non-tested shows, is a very forgiving sport for age-wise. We, I, One of my clients who competed this year is 55, uh, 56. Like she, she competed at 56 years old and smoked like two of her shows. Like absolutely smoked them. So Love to see if, that, don't you? If you are, if you are still don't don't burn out, but also don't burn out and then try and come back. Just gradually compete here and there over time, routinely when you decide that your life aligns in the right way for you to be mm-hmm. able to do so. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair kind of. I'm, I'm like for me, I'm taking like the next three, four years out, and then I'll come back and have another go. But I need, I need a bit yeah, of Yeah, I was going to come on to that later on. Um, <laughs> but yes. So um, kind of talking about all those sorts of things then, saying about what you, you've been at this for, as you say, more seriously for three, four years, yeah. all the placings that you've had, what you're looking to do going forwards. Yeah. What would you say is your biggest lesson learned mm. since starting coaching? Bodybuilding will repeat, it, whether it be on Instagram, Facebook, through the magazines, through uh, internet forums, through general word of mouth at shows. Bodybuilding will repeat exactly the same processes over and over and over again, whether it be in a negative fashion or in a positive fashion. You will continuously see, unfortunately, the negative side of things, you'll continuously see people do too much, go too far, whatever, and either hurt themselves or do worse. And then you will see, you know, um, the positivity of it that brings great people to the sport, great minds to the sport, great you know personalities to the sport, whether they be perceived as negative or positive, you will see people. Unfortunately, you will see women and men, but you know it's quite prevalent with women spin around the industry and then disappear. Like they were they were amazing. Oh my god, they were going to do so well. They spin and then they're never seen again, and they're doing mm. CrossFit or powerlifting where they just totally fucked off all all thought of bodybuilding ever again, and they just rotate and then they're gone it's very much a case of the the same processes but from the same people's people's coming in and out of the sport will Mm -hmm. continually mesh back and forth and it will just do this forever it will never ever stop modern bodybuilding does that look at people like okay so um 
look at people like Flex Lewis, right? So he's the golden boy of the UK. He's gone out there. He's won the Olympias. He's now moving up to the odds, whatever. He was a standout. He worked his way up. We see these standouts pop up in the UK. Only if, And then a handful of them sort of do well and then fade. And then one, just one, will do what he did and will shoot all the way to that point and go to the Olympia stage or, or whatever. And they'll start working their way up the ranks. Some genetic freak will creep out of the woodwork and do it. Someone with, with the perfect storm will do it. We will continuously see this thing. So the biggest lesson that I've learned from bodybuilding, again, like you say, taking it back, is bodybuilding in general will continue to repeat the same processes day in and day out and routinely. And as, a, as an industry as a whole, you will always see the same um, types of people running federations and the same types of people, uh, you know, judging the same types of people just, you know, competing and doing well. You will see some people who just take it too far and this will all happen in a continuous motion. So for us to try and stop that wheel at any point and go, well, I don't like this part of bodybuilding. We're going to stop it. It doesn't matter. It will steamroll over you at some point. You might, you might prevent it for a period of weeks or months or, or however long, but then it, people, it will just turn over you. There's no, there's no, um, there's no stopping certain certain protocols, programs, plans, um, you know, e e efforts, whatever goes on within the industry. It's very much, it will always continue to move in exactly the same fashion, um, so to speak. Kind of, I got this vibe that that was perhaps negative from you, although you did touch on early on in that kind no, of- No, no, not negative, but it's just, no, it's, it's um, there is a lot of negative, negativity surrounding that, but as a coach and as someone who's been in the bodybuilding industry for 12 years, I have seen it all now. Mm. I know what it's going to do. And I've seen processes repeat themselves. And for, for us to sit there and go, well, this needs to stop. is a really, really valiant effort. But okay, let's talk about, like, obviously, you know, we said about like, right. So there's bad, there's bad shit that's gone on in the industry recently. Some really horrible stuff that's gone on. And the effort to stop it has been really cool. But then what we've seen is you've seen that effort, unfortunately, start from a very, very good spot to now being into, uh, warped into some horrible creation, nitpicking at certain, individuals and certain people and just really and that's and then but that will pass i don't care like that will pass because i'm just sitting from the outside going i'm just gonna just keep doing what i've been doing and everyone who has been in bodybuilding a while will look at this 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 method of the industry moving forward or back or whatever um and then we will just go yeah we're just going to keep doing exactly what we've always done and just let this go completely go past us so let's just say what it is yeah so it's the deaths of, of female bodybuilders um there was a specific coach who was running specific protocols with these bodybuilders and it was um very very dangerous and abusive uh, uh setups for diuretic usage uh, in bodybuilding which was which was um which was pretty sad to see to be fair um very very sad to see and unfortunately from going from a point of um okay it went from a point of, look how bad this is, this needs to stop, to anyone who ever takes a diuretic or takes slightly more anabolics or performance senses than, than what I consider, and not, this isn't one individual, this is whatever, like this, this grouplet of people, whatever they consider as, as bad, that is now considered true death and true evil, and you must be stopped. It's unfortunately one of the situations that sort of presented itself. I think just in the short time that I've been in the competitive industry, I I can kind of attest to those what I will call trends or mm -hmm. fashions that that run maybe one year, then spring, summer right. 2021. It's not fashionable anymore. Right. And then exactly. it will come back around again. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, Continuously. And I do think on that topic, I don't want to like 
point any fingers at anyone, but um, <laughs> I think that, uh, yes, it's fair to say that it was very dangerous. And I think it's sad to think that that probably won't be the last of it. With and unfortunately it won't. And no matter and no matter what the efforts are um, around, no matter how great they are, no matter how grandiose and how much backing they can get from supplement companies, um, show promoters, anything that they can get, unfortunately, and it's very, very sad to say that that will just be the case going forward. Um, and if we want to be part of this industry, all that we can do is be our own positive selves mm-hmm. and put put forward positive messages rather than focusing on the negative of bodybuilding and try and disperse ourselves from that negativity and don't associate with uh, not just coaches, but just just that that plethora of shit that sort of flows through the middle of it sometimes because it isn't a unique sport it is weird it is a little bit different as you're as a bloke you're standing in your pants on stage flexing your muscles as a woman you're showing your bum off to some judges you know it's it's um it's a weird sport uh, and it's it's hard and we don't need to make it more negative than the center of it sometimes can be i think and yep. as, 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 as honestly, like things like this, like a podcast like this, where we, where, you know, we'll go oh, past through this negative shit now and we'll talk about some, you know, some, some good fun stuff in a bit. You know, you've done a great one with Sarah, you did th- things, you know, whatever. We see loads of other podcasts popping up, which are really good, focusing on the, 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 the great placings of people. And then, oh, this was really cool. Oh, I love this new training method. Oh, I love this new diet method. Oh, you know, this is really cool to talk about. And that's great moving forward. Um, but unfortunately, social media, again, like Instagram can obviously sometimes dump out some, some nasty crap. Mm. I think sometimes there can be a, a little bit of a, wi- a witch hunt, whether that yeah. is about drugs um, or coaching methods or yeah, kind of yeah. sexual I mean, things that probably shouldn't go on. You, 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 if you go to a coach and you don't like what they do and you feel like you can't tell them that and you just do it anyway, then you're, that's your own fault as far as I'm concerned. If I, I have a client who... Um, okay, okay, well, I'll, I'll talk to you. Okay, so, so I said to a client, I was like, okay, we need to start pushing your body weight up a bit more. We need to get a little bit bigger. We need to get a bit more. And she said to me the other day, she was like, I'm getting feeling a little bit soft. I'm not really too keen on this. Is there any chance we can do a bit of a reset and then go again? And I was like, okay, well, we, I was going to leave it two or three more weeks, but we can do it now. Take it slow and steady for the first two or three and then dive in for four and then start pushing you back up. And she's like, yeah, that works perfectly. I've got my birthday coming up. I'll diet a bit up. Well, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. so if you feel that you can't talk to your coach about those specifics about what you're comfortable with what you'd like to do then that's where you're going to run into problems because there's a difference between coachable being coachable and just following orders and getting it done and being a bit of a being a bit of a plonker and realizing that something is very very dangerous yeah we don't have to be yes men no it's, it's no, a, a coaching not. relationship not right, a... absolutely it's absolutely uh, there's, there's a time to listen and time to shut up when you're asking for a refeed and you just don't need one and then there's a time to go hang on a minute when they when, when a protocol comes your way that you're just not keen on mm. yeah i hear that um so let's get positive because that was really horrible <laughs> but it's good to get that out of the way because then people sort of realize oh yeah i see, see what he means it's going to keep doing like, yeah i do think it's important and like you say it's it's the topic that has been on everyone's lips for yeah, the last few weeks. Yeah. So let that be um, the end of it. No one else talk about it again. It's done. Shut up. We're done. Tom That's had it. the last say. That's it. I've had the last say. It's horrible. We know it's <laughs> horrible. Keep moving. Positive stuff now. Let's look at all these happy, good placings that people are getting and all these smiley faces and all this lovely bikini makeup that girls are getting done. Everyone smile. We'll just think about that glow up. Yeah. Show day glow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so coming back to your coaching then, yeah. what's your favorite part? of being a coach and Uh, I must say before you say this because I feel like everyone will say this Mm -hmm. you can't say helping people 
No, it's not. I love seeing okay, them win. Okay, good. It's not. I love okay. seeing them win. I absolutely love it when they win. I go fucking ballistic. When Sarah won her card, I fucking cried my eyes out <laughs> so much. My 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 wife my wife was sitting next to me, and I like I literally just I I just went like this. I just went like oh, like that when they called the name, and then I just leaned into her, and I was just like gone. Just all yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Crying my eyes out. And and I was when I went to go see her afterwards and then in the car on the way back. And it was just seeing someone do well, like even a first timer, right? Getting like a second place in like a big lineup. I'm like booming, like, yeah, well done. You smashed it. Like, you know, that for me is is the best part of coaching because it's the few, it's the, the, the long, hard, you know, effort that you put into it. And then when it's done and dusted, then you see that, you know, see that come to come to fruition. Caitlin was on um, an episode recently and she said that she knows that if she places well that um you'll cry and she was oh, like yeah. if she if she oh if she wins I'm gonna be an absolute mess <laughs> I'm gonna be a mess <laughs> she yeah. was like that's the best part of our relationship because I know how much he cares about me as a person as well as an as athlete yeah, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, you know, I, I, with Caitlin, with, with anyone though, with anyone, not just Caitlin, like, yes, on my high level athletes, like, it's cool because I've usually been with them quite a while. Mm. But but it, it's one of them, like, you just see, um, you just see all of the time and effort that's gone into it. And I say to my clients as well, I'm like, I'm not, um, I'm not going to give you compliments just for fucking doing what you should have done. Yeah. But when you do, like if, if, if you stick to your diet for a week, I'm not going to go, well done for sticking to your diet for a week. I'm going to go, all right, cool. So we need to do this now because this has happened this week and you've changed this and you've got this much better in this respect. I'm never going to sit there and go, you know, and go, oh, well done. No, don't worry about next week. I'm going to be like, no, we've got a goal to achieve here. And once we've done that, then we can celebrate. All right. Mm. Yeah, so. And just kind of on that note, because obviously we've talked about a couple of women, but, um, we haven't touched upon any of the men that you coach so, yeah. so far. Um, do you have a preference over coaching men or women? Um, not really. Um, no, 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 not at all. Actually, no. Like um, coaching women's cool, but um, but coaching, like I've not noticed now. My niche seems to be very much more um, the bigger guys or bigger girls. So I don't prep a ton of bikini girls. I use, it's a lot of figure girls, a lot of physique girls, but female bodybuilders, um, girls who want to move from figure up to physique or girls who want to move from bikini up to figure, um, or just, or just the bigger bodybuilders, like the classic bodybuilders and, the um, the open class bodybuilders. That's usually my, my sort of gut, like my, um, group of, of what I coach. Yeah. Do you think that's because people see, the the placings and the athletes that it's, it's just kind of gets yeah i mean in. after this well this year because johnny because johnny and ross both won so i got the light heavyweight british title and the heavyweight british title and they, unfortunately they missed out um at the brits which was bollocks but they um but they then from following from that i've took on like four super heavyweight bodybuilders like who have all just come to me and gone, yeah, just get me peeled, get me a pro card. I'm like, yeah. we'll, we'll try. Like, let's go. Like, you know, so. I've heard a, a lot of people speaking your name recently. Yeah, it's, it's been quite cool. It's been quite, it's been quite cool. Yeah, I mean, like uh, whether it be negative or positive, I couldn't really care less. Like it doesn't mean anything to me. Like I know what I'm about. I know I'm not some like, you know, um, I'm not some coach. It's just fun, you know, good five minutes and then I'm out. I'm like, I'm I'm in this for the long haul. So, um, you know, it's it, it's cool because um, 
it's yeah a few people yeah i think a few people have been speaking about me a bit more my instagram certainly blown a bit more blown up a bit more but it like it, that doesn't really mean anything to me like like my uh, like i could have nobody know who i am and still have the profile that i have in terms of the the wins and all that shit and have nobody really know like who you know who tom Haynes is or whatever it just wouldn't mean anything to me i just don't care mm. like it, it doesn't mean anything i just want the um yeah, I just want the uh, I just want the, the placings and the wins and, the, and all that sort of stuff. That's that's the that's the big bit to me. I love it. Well, I that's essentially it. your job, isn't it? Yeah, I just want. Uh, yeah, I want that 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 list. I pride myself on that little silly little list. It's arrogant as fuck, but I I don't care. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, everyone's got a right to have that arrogant list. That's your CV. That's your. I mean, it's your it's resume. It's your resume. It's your resume. It shows, you know. Yeah, I mean. You know, if, if if other coaches have better ones than me, then that's that's cool. Like that's really good. Like that's sound. But like my goal is to make that the best one that I can possibly make it in the space of time I can. I used to have a line manager years ago who was XRAF and he called it the brag list. Yeah. And he was like, You've got every right to put down things that you want to brag about because they are your achievements it's not yeah. arrogance it's not as long as you have actually achieved them yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. it's it's things that you've done that you're proud of and you want to shout about Set in so. stone, yeah. yeah absolutely so kind of talking about that coaching then obviously we've touched upon what you're looking to do and retire down the line oh yeah that's, that's a long way away <laughs> yeah. but if you yeah. weren't coaching what do yeah. you think you'd be doing now Probably something to do with art. So probably something is in like um, sort of either modeling or um, or sculpting sort of stuff or sort of, you know, anything anything along those lines, like, um, you know, paint work and stuff like that. Probably something along those lines. I like to, yeah, if I, if I don't work, do, if I, if I wasn't in bodybuilding and I, I love the sciencey stuff behind it, but um, I think I would have probably gone into more something like that. But when I, I started lifting at like 14 years old, like 14, 15 years old, um, and then it developed from there because I was doing loads of sport. So, I mean, there's two paths I would have taken if I had gone, because I was a, a, like a high level swimmer, like I was doing like national, like um, not national, yeah, national level competitions. So do you know Adam Peaty, the swimmer? Yes. I used to train with him. So, oh, cool. uh, yeah, so, so, well, he did breaststroke. I did crawl. I kicked his ass at crawl because he's not a crawl swimmer. Um, but, but, like, breaststroke, that dude just flew down the pool. It was stupid. He was amazing, even as like a 13 year old lad. Um, but, um, yeah, like, I would have either, I would have done that. Maybe I would have gotten, you know, gone full bore with that being an athlete for swimming or, or maybe gone, um, into into the art sort of scene and done a bit more of that but I, I, yeah I don't know really I think those would be things I would have liked to have done but whether they would have come into play I would don't know the interesting thing is you say about sculpting yeah. and you're in like real life sculpting I suppose yeah it's, it's quite in, cool. a weird, in a weird way yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's all about creation though isn't yeah, it yeah it's, it's well, I, I, the thing is I love bodybuilding because I love the science behind it about why the body does certain things when it does certain things and is the end result something that you can control and you can a lot of the time but um, I think with your own artwork the more time and the more effort you put into those sorts of things whether it be a model or whatever or whether it be a sculpt or whether it be you know make, even making something out of fucking milliput for example like you know you, you, the time and the effort that it takes to go into it when you get that when you finish it and you put the seal on it and you go that's done you look at it and you go bloody hell that took me some time like yeah yeah I think so that's that's something what I'd enjoy talking about that cool science then mm. what was the first time you had that that moment where you were like shit that's really cool like what 
okay, it's an embarrassing story for him, but I'm going to have to put it out there. <laughs> he won't hear this, but but so my buddy Sam uh, Morpass, I coached him for a show, and he did a he did a fucking ten day prep for a show, right? So he stays relatively trim year round, but he went down to three meals of fish and vegetables a day for. Uh, 10 days because he was like Tom I need to I need to do this show I need to get you know I need to qualify for the British he didn't do the British but he he was like I need to qualify it's the last qualifier and I was like fuck all right fine we'll do it so we literally just got him like from where he was I was like right Stairmaster twice a day if you can do three sessions a day do it like fat burners went up like card like like step I was like just move all the time I was like eat you this is all you're eating you eat egg whites then fish twice a day that was it I was like, no carbs, no nothing. It's like 10 days of dieting. You just carve up the day before if you can even get away with it. Dieting down for that. It was checking up on him every now and then and stuff and just making sure. I didn't know if he was going to do it or not. Got to the show day, saw him, was like, all right, like, you know, you're, you're full because you filled out from the car, but I was like, but you aren't there, like, condition-wise. I hadn't seen him, like, for a couple of days. Or, you know, I just told him, I was like, just, just this car up should work. He got really, really bad stomach bug and really bad, like, diarrhea on that night of the show. Oh, so he went and had, like, a drink with his missus or something like that, like, just a boot, like, a, a glass of wine just to... And then he got, like, a bad stomach bug and, and then the two together. And essentially, he was on the toilet all night long like all like literally all like like back okay now I'm back again and then he woke up in the morning and I saw him and I have never in my entire life seen a physique transform so much in a 20 in a 12 hour period it was insanity it was absolute I've got the pictures on my phone somewhere it was absolutely truly unbelievable he dropped I think about a stone and a half of water maybe even more overnight and he went on stage saying i feel like shit tom i'm not even gonna eat today i'm gonna have a coffee and i'm gonna eat two rice cakes then i'm just gonna go he got second place in a lineup of 12 he was peeled because he had taken off the fat basically in that 10 days just just ripped it all off all of it it's all gone and then he was carved up he smoothed over horrendously so whatever fat cells were left he just retained everything there and he looked like, mm. but then obviously because he got ill all of that sub q fluid just came out and he was just he just looked so crisp. I was like, this is just stupid. Like he went out because I said to him, I said, have you taken, I said, uh, what did I say? I said, oh, I said to him, I said, what have you done? Have you just done cocaine all night? Like, have you just been <laughs> like, I was like, have you just like literally been smashing coke? And he's like, no. I was like, I was like, what have you, and he goes, I just did not get off the loop. And I was like, because it was just water coming out of me. I'm like, this is mental, Sam. And then he literally went on, yeah, and he kicked ass on that stage thing. Wow. His electrolytes must've been like, negative <laughs> like, like i was gonna say his kidneys and liver must yeah he wasn't he horrendous. wasn't good he wasn't good for a week and a half after that yeah uh, but it was like there's nothing we could have done there really i didn't fucking know what to do but he like i remember after this the thing i'm like get water in you and he's like if i do it's just coming out <laughs> i was like fuck but yeah no, that was that's the most impressive thing i've ever seen in a short space of time that's been science and bodybuilding sort of related um I've seen, I've seen watching Sarah dry out overnight for the Brits was pretty cool as well. She woke up and I was just like, what the fuck? Mm. Um, but that was planned and that was programmed and we timed that really well. Um, but yeah, it's just a, just a crazy, crazy fucking, um, yeah, just fucking crazy, man. Like absolutely mental watching Sam do that. Yeah. Sorry about that, Sam. Sorry about airing your quite literal dirty laundry. I've spoken about it before. It was fucking insane. (laughs) Talking about then him slightly deviating, having a glass of wine, getting ill. 
I've heard a couple of these over the years and they always make me laugh. So what's the funniest excuse you've ever had from someone deviating from their plan? Well, fucking up their plan. Oh, God. Um, funniest excuse I've ever had for someone fucking their plan. There's a really famous, well-known one of someone said they slept, walk and ate peanut butter. Yeah, I've seen that one before. I haven't, that hasn't, um, I've never had that one before. Um, oh, uh, I had someone lie to me really blatantly. And then we just, we just, I've had, I've had a few of that though, but like I had someone really blatantly lie and then just wouldn't admit it. And I was like, oh, I got food poisoning. I got sick over the last four or five days, sent me pictures. And there was like, they were like heavier. They were like fatter and heavier. And I'm like looking at them and I'm like, <laughs> what? And like, oh yeah, I've just been, I've just been so ill. I'm like, you had like, like bad diarrhea and like sickness and stuff. Oh yeah, I've been really ill. Blah blah blah. But it'll be, they weren't going into specifics. I was like, mm, what? Um, but yeah, they just fucked their plan for a full week basically, and just like shit. So I, I told them, I said to them, I was like, look, like it says, you, you, you aren't like, there's no like. I said a stomach bug will make you lose a crap ton of weight. Mm. No pun intended. Um, it will make, make you lose a load of weight. You, you, won't, you won't go up in weight. How are you going to gain anything when you're losing everything that you're putting in? Mm. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Water retention. I'm like, you don't get water retention from it because you expel fluid faster because of it. Mm. And he was like, uh, and he just, I just literally, anything, any horse shit he was coming up with, I was just like sciencing the fuck out of it. Like, 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 oh, well, it's, they think it could have been this. No, it isn't because of this reason. Hold on. Yeah. And I'd throw like, <laughs> I'd throw the, the full textbook at him. And eventually I said to him, I said, I was like, look, if you don't want to admit it, I'm not going to ask you to admit it. I said, but we both know you fucked it this week. Get back on your plan and we'll, um, and if you, if you, if we see a crap check in again like this, we'll just pull the plug. And then he checked in one more time and I replied to him, gave him the full spiel and everything like, oh yeah, because he had actually dropped a bit more from that point. And then he didn't check in ever again after that. I messaged him going, we're still carrying on. And he just didn't reply. So. If someone does deviate from their plan, what do you say to them like is it is it a case of just tell me and we'll yeah. deal with it or are you like i'm i'm gonna tell you off and like reprimand you for it depends on the situation depends on the situation so so for example um let me find one for you i can literally give you a text reply that i did um uh, oh no i did it as a voice note okay so basically it was like okay i fucked up this is the message from from the client who will remain anonymous uh, anonymous please um i've uh, i fucked up basically started the refeed all to plan had a horrific few days stress was stupidly high ended up eating more food mostly oats um but it was just like a being a follower just kept eating i woke up 4.5 pound heavier and honestly felt like i fucked it i uh, skipped cardio ate another two bowls of oats and i'm sitting here wondering how the fuck i've done this and i'm hating myself um i'm sorry i feel terrible blah 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 so that what that is that is a binge from trigger being triggered by food yeah so that's being triggered so what we do is we simply go i said to her the words were um the words were the words were um what i said was, was like we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the oats out of your diet or replace it with a suitable alternative we're gonna get you back on the plan as of today i said can you go and do your cardio today and feeling are you done with that binging eating shits thing and she's like yeah no, fucking, i'm not doing that again i was like all right cool get on your plan don't change your diet don't over cardio don't extra carbs extra like less food don't do more training don't do more fat burners don't do anything extra just get back on it mm. and i said and we probably won't be doing another refeed for about two or three weeks now because we don't really need it you've you pretty much took your body weight to a bit of a rested position 
you're, you're like like your weight's gone up like you fill glycogen stores to the fucking max and more mm-hmm. um you spilled pretty bad here now we just need to dial it in and i said i said this can't happen again otherwise we'll just have to pull the plug on the prep mm-hmm. um and that was because that's the first time she's done that since i've prepped her like and that's like a long prep right so that's a trigger food that's just set her off mm-hmm. and all i said to her was i was like all right, so we just take that out and we just don't do that again. I said, if that happens again, then we have to pull the plug because unfortunately there's nothing more that I can do in that situation to bring you back to the conditioning that you need to. Mm. However, if it's something really stupid, so like one I had today, which again, I won't name the client because that would just be harsh as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so on his check-in, it was like cardio, on my check questionnaire, it says uh, cardio done. And then a question mark, like, and it was, and it said, missed three sessions like a bitch. From now onwards, I'll be on top, completed daily steps. And that was his first week of dieting, right? So he missed. So what I said to him was, I said, that was more of a harsh need, like very much with her. It was like, okay, this is the reason why this has happened. Let's make change. Let's let's move forward, but with changes that don't compromise in terms of a binge restrict factor, but also move you in the right direction forward. Yeah. With him, it was very much a case of this is a pretty fucking poor effort. I don't really know why you're even bothering if we're not even getting the cardio done on the first week. And as my words were to it, were to him, uh, you've got a shit ton of fat to lose. If you want to do this, we will do this. But if you don't want to do it and bodybuilding isn't for you, just send me your bank details now and I'll just give you half the money back. I said, because I've done your initial plan, I've done your setup, right? That is, as far as I'm concerned, is half the initial fee, right? For the first month. Following from here, if you want to carry on, we'll carry on. But if not, you can have your money back, mate, and just and just call it quits with bodybuilding and just go go play football or do something else because this is what it requires. And if you yeah. don't have the capacity to do this, that's perfectly fine and that's totally cool. That's really cool. But maybe pick something a little bit more um, less mentally challenging mm. and less requiring of every bit of effort that you can put forward. Mm. Um, do you coach many lifestyle clients? Um, zero. Zero. And is that because? I used to, but I don't anymore because um, I only fo- I focus on competitors now. But Sarah and Ben, my brother and, Sa- and, and Sarah, um, who's basically like my sister, um, <laughs> um, is uh, they they on my team and they they coach lifestyle people. Well, uh, lifestyle is like a uh, used overused word. I don't think people who are lifestyle like being called lifestyle, um, but non-competitors. Um, not, not yeah they, they deal with non-competitors who just want to get in shape for their own personal goals so they mm-hmm. deal with that and I just deal with competitors yeah. mm-hmm. okay that's fair enough on that note of competitors then yeah it's probably one of my favorite questions on Ooh, this series if you could coach anyone alive or dead who would yeah. it be and why um Luke Sando because I'd actually get him in condition and then he'd win everything because he was with Aceto and Aceto's shite. So like, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely, I would get him in shape. I would get him in shape and I would get him on stage and he would smash them all, absolutely smash them all because he had an amazing physique and all he needed to do was just dial it that bit further. So, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> and obviously we've touched upon where you see yourself in 10 years, yeah. but coming back to something we will kind of, started talking about earlier on mm. is your own competitive history and something that I always wonder when it comes Please to don't bring that up <laughs> something I always wonder when it comes to all my, all my clients in the morning Tom hi Tom I heard your podcast with uh I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it now Tom uh I think I'm done yeah. <laughs> well I think this is quite interesting because 
a lot of people ask this question you see all these mistake q and a's and all that and someone always says um do you think your coach needs to have competed themselves uh no but they need to have at least they need to have at least lived the bodybuilding lifestyle and principles to their absolute extremities whether it be off season or whether it be dieting down to a, a leanness of that level so that they can then give you a perspective mentally rather than just the uh well the books say this mm. um so for example my buddy joe jeffrey has never competed he will do at some point but he's never competed but his level of knowledge is absolutely obscenely high and um, he's a fantastic coach. He does a few things a little bit different to me, but he's very, very good in his own right. And um, I, I, take, I bounce a lot of sort of ped knowledge off him every now and then. We do, we do talk about that sort of stuff. But he has dieted himself down to about two weeks out condition just for the sake of it. And then, uh, and then went back into like a growing phase. He's like proven the point that he can do it. Yeah, he's proven the point that he could do it. He's proven the extremity. He showed me the diet that he did to get down that far and how hard it was for him to get there. And he used to eat like hardly anything throughout the week in terms of like protein and vegetables, sort of with carbs around training, but very, very minimal. And then on the weekends, he would fast for two days back to back. He would do no food Saturday, no food Sunday, and then start the diet again, and then get back onto the thingy on Monday. So you have two, two days of fasting routinely every single week at the back end of this diet. And he, that's, he pushed his, like he was absolutely lean as shit. Uh, and if he, uh, yeah, if he had carried on and sort of had enough muscle at that point, he would have been a good competitor there. Not, not nice structurally or not, you know, physique-wise or, you know, beautiful symmetry or anything like that. It's more of a case of just, that would have just been skinned on stage. Wow. So, yeah. at the weekends i can sometimes go till one o'clock but then i'm starting to feel a bit wavy yeah no, so two yeah. days fasting two, days. Yeah. i think it was that it was either on the weekends or it was split evening throughout the week but it was yeah. an experiment it was to see how how lean he possibly could get so it's weird isn't it this bodybuilding malarkey we're basically slow starvation yeah slow is slow and controlled starvation controlled starvation yeah so you touched upon next time uh, Oh, hang on. Competitive history. Yes. So competitive history. Uh, I did NABBA as a junior. I uh, got dead last in my first ever show. I was natural in NABBA, which is stupid, even at 18 years old. Unfortunately, it still is stupid. The judges don't differentiate whether you are 16 years old or 21 years old in a junior class. If you're not jacked and ripped, they don't care. Um, <laughs> and then my my next one, uh, that's why, well, PCA were going to do a teen class at one point. They were going to do um, like up to 19 and then 19 to 23 was going to be juniors, but they stopped it because it encouraged steroid usage at a young age. Mm. So so they, well, they, they, just never, they just never went through with it, which is, I think that's really good of them, to be fair. Um, and then what did I do? Then I did it the following, I did it in, I did it two years later, came back, won it. Um, in 2014, then 2015, I competed as a super heavyweight in a small show, um, got third out of three there, but it was very, very close between me and the second guy, the guy who got second. There were six judges and two of them had me and four of them had him. And then one of them was a little bit, one of them was a little bit undecided. So it was like, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, this is, I can take from that. Like I was more peeled, but he was huge. Um, and then the guy who won just blew us both away. Um, and then from there, I competed at the Saxon Classic, got dead last, looked crap. I only dieted for seven weeks, ripped to see how fast I could sort of get myself in shape. Looked crap, just looked really bad. Reese McDonald did it that year, smoked all of us. Um, and then I went to go and do the PCA Muscle Talk, won that one as a junior. That was my last show as a junior. And then I competed recently. I was supposed to do a full long prep, 
but my health got in the way a bit of it. I pushed things way too far because I did my own prep. And I just, I literally just experimented and took the piss and went like way further than I would ever do with a client. But like, I was like, oh, fuck it, it's me. So um, I was just like being an idiot and I ended up uh, stepping on stage at 240 pounds, pretty, pretty lean. I had about another eight to come off, I'd say seven, eight to come off. But um, I won that one. That was just a peewee little show as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think if I compete again, it'll be two to three to four. No, no, three to four years, three to four years, and I'll try and compete as a super heavyweight. Um, but the thing is, as well, I spoke to Sarah about this the other day. This is kind of cool, kind of weird, but kind of cool. I I can't compete in from April through to October because I am just way too busy. My prep can't get hard at that time because I cannot mentally look after 80, 85, 90, whatever people going in towards shows. All of them, like half of them might be competing that year. I can't prep and focus 100% on my own bodybuilding, managing that many people to the ability and the level that I currently manage them at. If I did, my service would, like, it would degrade. Yeah. So it, so I, what I will do is when I compete again, I will compete in a qualifier in November and then I will compete in a pro qualifier in hopefully in no, late November or December because my prep can get hard at the back end of an October and then it can be getting really hard at the back end of November and then in December I could probably do that muscle contest Ireland or something because that's in December yeah. so there's a few that I can actually have a go at and that would be cool and I'll just want to compete as a legitimate super heavyweight come in absolutely peeled get my, get smashed by some dude who's 260 on stage but I want to make them all look fat and then that'll be me done with competing for good <laughs> so would you prep yourself for that or would you look for one of your friends to do it um I'd probably just get Callum to prep me because yeah, I like he's, he's one of my like one of my close mates so I just literally just you know say to him I'm like all right Kyle there's the money whatever you say goes we're not friends anymore for this next four month five month period six month period you're just my coach we can have a chat when yeah. we're done with coaching stuff but just get me just in tell me what to do just tell me what to eat tell me how to train tell me what to take and let's go yeah okay and a couple more questions and these questions I ask everyone on every yeah. series go ahead looking back over your entire life to date is there anything that you think I would have done that differently if I could? <laughs> yeah, loads of stuff. Um, if I, from the, the big one that gets me is not working hard from a younger age. So from like when I was able to get a like a weekend job, not smashing the hours there and just having enough money to be able to pay for bodybuilding because I would have done a lot better if I had put more time and effort into working and just managed my bodybuilding around my job rather than trying to manage my my job around my bodybuilding. That's what I, the mistake I made. I should have just done that, but it is what it is. Would that be the sort of advice you'd give to any junior bodybuilder? Just focus on making as much money as you possibly can because bodybuilding is horrendously expensive. And if you want to do well, you have to have a few things. You have to have genetics, you have to have um, consistency, and you also have to have money. Unfortunately, it is literally if you don't have money backed up and saved up, you cannot be the best bodybuilder that you can possibly be. Unfortunately, it's just you have to have the best bodybuilder ever would be someone with all of that, but have no job and have. 10 million quid sitting in his bank account like i that. do think that that lockdown aided people that had access to a gym i think it mm. aided them because there was a lot of people that got to quite literally live the bodybuilding yeah. lifestyle for a long time on that's furlough it. that's it and now they're all going back and they're like it's quite hard this isn't it <laughs> like yeah 
it is funny enough. Yeah, managing bodybuilding <laughs> alongside a, a full working job is very difficult. Mm. And you are Tom Haynes, uh, probably one of the best coaches in the UK right now. But how do you want to be remembered? As the best coach in the UK. The best, full, like, full stop, flat, most Olympia wins, most pro cards, most British titles, most, you know, the, the hard classes, not... No, I know that's harsh. Bikini's hard because it's saturated to fuck. It's hard in its own way. But like, the it is, isn't it, right? It is like, hard, it's saturated because yeah. it's like a, you're getting 30 girls on stage. It's proper solid. Like, it's a meat market. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I want to be known as the best coach in the UK, not just for the big, like, girls or whatever, but just flat. Like, that's it. Like, and the best coach in the UK, how do you define that? Just by your way? To, to be fair, I think you just got to look at amount of okay so like olympia wins like pro wins um pro cards like turn the most people pro like you have to just tally them up and go look he's like the numbers don't really lie like i think rob from lrf is quite up there at the moment like he's got like i think he's i think it's him him jordan and then someone else um rob's turned the most pros rob's turned the most girls pro hasn't he Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan's done mix to be fair Jordan's Peters has done a lot of like higher like the heavyweights and the super heavies and stuff and then the physique girls and figure girls and stuff he's done a lot of that mm-hmm. so that's probably more the route that I would be going but I want to do that and more mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah I think that's uh, and then Callum's turned a few pro not not tons but he's just sort of got started as well yeah. really not a bad fucking start <laughs> turning Josh Bridgman pro and all of them but, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it'd be really interesting over the next five years to see because once upon a time there were a couple of coaches that dominated the space, but now there are quite a few very, very good coaches. Yeah. And it's now a case of as a competitor, who do you go to and why? Yeah. And the the thing is as well, what's kind of interesting and kind of funny is that people are like when when a when a client leaves me, it's it's quite rare, but when a client leaves me who I've been working with for a while and says that they want to just work with someone else or, or do something different. I don't, excuse me. I don't take offense to that because I can understand it completely and utterly. Like if I've worked with someone for like three, four years and we've won everything that we wanted to win. And now they're at a level where they're like, well, I know everything that Tom does. Now I want to try something a bit more and I've got a bit more money. Maybe I want to go to a bit more of an expensive coach, whatever. And if they go to them and they don't like it, I always say to them like, look, if you don't like how things go, you're more than welcome to come back to me. So for example, um, Emily Brand, who I don't know if you know her. So the physique girl I used to train, um, she's turned, she turned pro. I didn't, pro, I didn't turn her pro though. Um, to be honest, I'm terrible with names. I'm sorry. She, she went to another coach, left, came back to me then was like, then we did a couple of shows together. And then she was like, actually, do you know what? I think I want to try someone completely different with someone near me, went to go with someone who was near her. So she felt more comfortable seeing them in person all the time and stuff. Mm. And then she went from there and did uh, the, and then did well. And then she got her pro card then. And that's, that's cool. Like I don't, I don't bear any like ill will to that at all. I think it's, it's, we all know as coaches in this, in our little sort of circle of like the top lot, we know that if so, okay. So Jason might have a guy that comes to me and I'm back, I might work with him for like, you know, whatever, two years. And he might go to Joe Jeffrey or something, or Joe might have a guy that work with him for a bit and goes, oh, do you know what? Actually, I want a bit more of a relaxed approach. I'm going to go to Tom or do you know what? Or like Cal might have one that goes to Joe or, or whatever. Or Yannick might have someone that comes to me and then goes back to Jason. It doesn't, we don't, it doesn't matter. People will hop around from a slot 
because if you you don't then go from one of the top ones to someone sort of beneath that really you mm. bounce around you bounce around in that top lot it's that tier system kind of in a way yeah a little bit yeah you would never really go go beneath like what you've sort of been working with before yeah and what's your thoughts on just to wrap up sorry I know we've kind of gone off on one another tangent here but what do you think of coach hopping because there are some people that seem to change like as much as they change their underwear. Yeah, it's usually it's it's usually a problem that they they whether they want to admit it or not they are searching for someone to give them something that they can't get from elsewhere which is just sometimes just non-existent so for example like I've had someone I can't I can't name names but no, um, of course. I t- no I'm not going to but they're, they're so in the last month, I had a, a girl, very high-level competitor, come to me from a high-level coach, um, like one of the top lot in the UK sort of thing, come to me. I wrote the full program. I did the full split. I did everything. I sent absolute, got everything set up, um, uh, you know, answered every question, whatever, got her the program over. And then she was like, uh, like, a, like we came to our check-in. It was like a week later. And I was like, actually, I think I've jumped too soon. I think I am going to work with my previous coach. And I was like, do you know what? That's cool. That's fine. The space is always there if you want it in the future. And I was like, are you sure though? Like, you seem like you're sort of jumping around. Now, I don't think she's coach hopping. I think she just got a bit peed off with what he was having her do at the time. And she just wanted to change and she sort of jumped the gun a bit. And that's cool. Um, but then I had someone do exactly the same thing from exactly the same coach um recently and then do exactly the same thing like literally we're about to get started do a program actually do you know what i think i will stick with him for this next period in time mm. so I, I don't i don't know what that is but it's it, i think coach hopping there's 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 serious coach hopping which is just fucking weird yeah. like like you just just chill no one has secrets mate it's all the same shit it's chicken and rice and fucking you know that's it it's you know a bit of cardio that's all it takes yeah um, and i think but then there's coach hopping where you are searching for something so every year it's a new one and uh, like nothing that i do other coaches don't like mm. there's there's other coaches that do it in their well no that's a lie no there's there's nothing that i do for basics for basics in terms of diets that you won't find in other with other coaches mm. really um you know there's there's tweaks and adjustments and little things and tricks and tips that i've got for sure but we all do very much a similar process it's just whose approach you like most mm. i think as well it's it's who you get on with because it's a relationship at the end of the day and I I think sometimes people react to a situation and they they're like kind of like people doing relation I'm going I'm out and then actually they go to go to someone else and they about to take that jump they're about to get in bed with them and then they Mm go "Ah, actually I don't think I can do this and they almost revert. That's how I kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I can see the, that, Then yeah. they go, actually, I'm going oh, oh, to... If you don't mind asking, who, do you have a coach at the moment? I do, yes. Oh, of course. Are you yeah. prepping? Uh, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm dieting. Uh, Jake Watts of Amplified Nutrition. Repping their brand, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, he will be on the podcast very soon. Oh, um, but yeah, he... We've worked together for four years. Um, and he's one of my closest friends is the way you speak about Sarah and Caitlin. It's the same thing. Um, and I think it's, I think that's a big part of that relationship that you have with your coach. And if you are going to leave that, that has to be something major because it's completely changing it. 
Yeah, it would have to. It would have to be a case of like, yeah, no, you know, it's, 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 it would just be you'd have to more more the, the better thing for you to do at that point in the position that you're in with being that long is is just iron out the problem if the problem ever came about. And if it was like, look, you, you've been a bit slow with my replies lately. Would you mind just picking up a little bit on that? That would be perfectly care, fine for you to say to whoever you know. But like um, a case of if just like completely t- no, if it was if it was just like random shit like sending you someone else's plan or something you just be like it's not even got my name at the top what is this <laughs> like that would be a case of like yeah i think i'm i think i'm calling it quits but there's, there's always ways to address like we said before you've, you've got to be able to speak to your coach properly and, and just just get the info out of them and, and talk to them like a normal human being because that's all they are they're not some fucking god who oversees every everything that you do they are just a person so yeah, yeah absolutely cool is there any other questions you had no that was everything i was just about to say i've taken up more than enough of your time an hour on the dot so um thank you so much for joining me i massively appreciate that no worries at all and if anyone can't find you not sure where to find you where should they go what's your instagram tag um so my instagram is evolution underscore training um and you can find me on there i've got my link tree in there too so if you need to speak to me or you want to drop an email or whatever, just do it on there. But the best thing is to just drop me a DM and I will get back to you within an hour, probably, knowing me, because um, I'm never off my phone. Um, but yeah, I'll get back to you. I'll go over whatever we need to do. If you have a goal that you are specifically aiming towards, if you have something that you want to do, something that you want to aim for, we can have a conversation on the phone. We can go through whatever. Just drop me a message. I only work with competitors. That's all I do. If you want to work with non-competitors, if you are a non-competitor and you're just doing your own sort of thing, Sarah or Ben are much better for you. And I don't know Ben, but what I will say is if you get Sarah as a coach, that's pretty epic because she's yeah. very cool. Yeah, she's um, she's she's uh, certainly going to be creeping her way up the ladder, I would imagine, soon as soon as, soon as she starts prepping people. Um, yeah, that will be cool. Be very, very cool. very cool. I'm excited to see her and her pro debut next year. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, that's going to be mental. That's going to be mad. We're ironing. We're ironing out the details of which ones we're going to go for, but it's looking like a string of three. Very cool. Very, very cool. Let's see if I can get some tickets and come watch. Uh, unless you're going to fucking yeah. Might Europe. be Europe. <laughs> Might be. Who knows? Oh, get a holiday were, oh, out of it. Okay. Go for, go for a broad one. Oh, okay. Well, why not? There's so many people now. I think if you go to a show, um, for example, the one this coming weekend, mm. I know technically on paper one person there, and then you say you're going, and then it's like, oh, I'm competing, I'm competing. You start seeing all the tags for it, and then the half the bloody industry is at one show. Yeah. So uh, you end up catching up with everyone when you're there. You know, there's a pro qualifier this year in late November, a pro qualifier for the IFBB in Iraq. <laughs> Who the fuck's going I to mean, Iraq to turn pro? I mean, you've got to really want it bad. You've got like, you? that's, there's, there's, there's pro card hunting and then there's that. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, that's a, uh, I think, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be harsh, but I will say if you are going to the depths to get your pro card, yeah. probably not good enough to turn. Maybe pro. take, maybe take a bit more time. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> thank you very, very much for joining, and um, I will speak to you soon.